Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Hello and welcome to the Dave Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and I'm here to break down every episode of the hit FXX comedy series. If you're a fan of Lil Dicky and his unique brand of hilarious, irreverent comedy, then this is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and let's submerge ourselves into the world of Dave. This episode I am breaking down is Season 3, Episode 9, Dream Girl. This episode aired May 24th, 2023. It's directed by Shannon Murphy. This episode, the doc is finally done, or at least is finally getting its finishing... uh, edits and it's going to be screened for friends and family dave is struggling to uh struggling with his fantasy of perfection and control versus the reality of life and the reality of people the idea of perfection versus the difficult reality of life some people have enough of dave and finally call him out and stand up for themselves it is it is this episode, one of the reasons why I love this show, because uh, there's a lot of the faults that Dave Bird has as a person are faults that I have in myself, and that's why I relate to him in many ways. And in episodes that are similar to this one are mirrors held up to myself, realizing my own faults and uh, am as speechless as he is as the the uh, reality of the situation is kind of being thrown back in his face. Uh, so I love it, and I love this show because of it, and let's get it started. Starting off with Emma's doc, we're actually seeing more of the doc. We've seen a little bit of it before as Dave kind of giving voiceover to it, uh, but we see more of it uh, looking over uh, look the Looking for Love tour, kind of the first night. Dave talking about being able to find uh, the one, finding the this one true love by leveraging his popularity, getting more eyeballs on him uh, in order to find the one that the perfect one, right? The the fantasy woman that he is desperate to find will turn over every stone in the the search for this perfect woman. Meanwhile, Gaeta talking about needing two women at every time. And this is obviously before we found out about Gaeta's sex addiction, addiction, before he kind of came came clean on his, his issues with that. Uh, and also we see at the beginning of this episode a detailed kind of making of process of what becomes one of those real dolls. Those sex dolls that look are like atomically correct and made and, and weighted and they're very expensive and it's very crazy to see that process of these this real doll being put together uh, but in in many ways this real doll is going to be Dave realizing the difference between the reality of a situation versus the fantasy of a situation his fantasy of owning this real doll versus the reality of owning this real doll and using this real doll as Dave is one to explore in the many tools of masturbatory pleasure. Uh, So we see the making of process of this real doll, which at first you don't know. I mean, you're seeing molds, you're seeing like these faces, you're seeing fake eyeballs being put into these different faces. And I'm like, is this going to be like a metaphor for this his dream girl breaking the mold it's this mold gonna shatter and then like then uh rachel mcadams comes out of it or something like that which it's not but uh it is an interesting process and that is how the episode starts and uh it is delivered to dave's place and he kind of opens it up and starts to examine it kind of opening the mouth of this creepy kind of uh like weird realistic sex doll uh robin shows up she's still at his place uh and she knew this thing was coming so she's not that surprised find out that he spent seven thousand dollars on this thing 
but they had a $15,000 version. So he's trying to sell up and justify the price tag by it being the lesser expensive of the options. Uh, Robin finds some device that's inside that comes with it, and Dave goes to look up what that device is for, but gets kind of distracted, uh, staring at the unanswered text messages that he sent to Rachel, Mc Rachel McAdams asking when she wants to go get this meal that she talked about. Right, and he kind of gets lost and asks Ro Robin what he was looking, what he was looking up in the first place, uh, and finding out what the device was was an air, an orifice warmer, uh, which Dave likes because the process he used for his other sex toys was kind of a ridiculous process. So it's he it likes that this thing uh, comes with a way to heat up the holes, as it were. Uh, Dave tells her not to be jealous. It's just for masturbation uses. Uh, and she asks that he just not use it uh, while she's there. Not, don't fuck this thing while in front of me. I, I don't want to see it. Uh, and she's a very understanding person. Definitely, like, she's perfect for Dave. Like, for her to be so compatible with how, like, unique Dave is with his many things, including his his masturbatory paraphernalia that he's kind of accumulated over the the course of this show starting off with the disembodied floppy legs that got destroyed in the bus explosion but her being okay and like completely comfortable with the scrot guard thing and this it just she like dave doesn't know how good he's got it and but we find out robin is leaving soon uh, and Dave is bummed about it, but obviously he's also, you know, he's bummed about it, but also kind of probably relieved because Dave is that kind of a guy. Then we cut to Dave working on the song that he promised Rachel McAdams of the song for her. You have Els playing the bass as Gata, or Dave's in like the booth, this soundproof booth. And Gata's just grooving along while Dave's laying down a track. Um... When he gets out, he mentions that Dave is cheating on Robin with Rachel McAdams. And Dave's like, clarifies that he's not. It's just a song. It's just fantasy. And while Dave goes back into the booth, Gata shows Els the trailer for this reality show that he got pitched. Well, he was going to be pitched in the previous episode. The Nuthaus. The N-U-T-H-A-U-S reality show. And the premise is... If Gata nuts, if he ejaculates at the house, or if he goes nuts, if he ramps up and can't control himself, then he's out, right? So, and Gata's like all for this challenge. Elle's laughing at him, telling him that they're just exploiting him. And Gata feels like he's, you know, just going, he's, he's like fulfilling a dream. He's going for his dreams. He's going for it. Like, he's a rock star. He knows he's a rock star. He believes in himself, and he has no problem taking these risks, doing these things. And he's tired of Els hating on him and criticizes Els for not getting, you know, not being successful himself. That Els is so worried. He's like, he's, he's not willing to take chances in the same way Gata is, and that because of that, he will never be successful in the way Gata believes he's going to be. Right. In many ways, kind of Gata following in the footsteps of Dave and at least of Dave's like mental being like his desire to be the best in the world and his constant drive for perfection and his constant demand for perfection from everybody that he works with, which we find out more in the documentary later on. And you see how that is kind of rubbed off on Gaeta. And he is kind of, in many ways, not necessarily perfection, but willing to go for things and not afraid of how he will be perceived, how he might look. But at least he's trying. Meanwhile, Els is not really doing much. And, like, aside from him stepping out and asking the rapper in, like, the first season if he needs some beats at that one art show or whatever, Els is, hasn't really reached out to do many things. 
So I'm kind of on Gaeta's side. Although I'm kind of agree with both of them. I think Gaeta is being exploited. Like this, this show is is using his his mental health, uh, his bipolar disorder as a way to, uh, as a gimmick to get you know some, get watchers, get viewers for the show. Um, but I also agree that else, you know, you need to take chance. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to look like an idiot in order to find success, right? If you, if you never let, like, if you're an artist, if I never showed people my artwork, then I never have to worry about being rejected or failure. If I never release a podcast episode, I never will hear the trolls argue about how horrible I am at it, right? But then I will also never get subscribers. I will also never sell artwork. It's like you have to put yourself out there. You have to take that risk in order to get anywhere. And I think that's one of people's biggest issues. I think so many people fail to start and that's why they never even get to a place where they are even capable of success. Like they, they, they fail, they fail by never even trying. Right. And it's the same way as guaranteeing failure by quitting. Right. The only guarantee in life is if you quit, you're guaranteeing failure. You're guaranteed that you will never succeed if you give up. You're also guaranteeing you will never succeed if you never start in the first place. Cut to Dave and Robin in bed. She's nervous, right? She's got something to tell Dave. And she tells him that she's moving to L.A., right? This is the thing. She's a photographer. She's starting to get work out in L.A. Also, Dave's there. So it's this big, big move from her to move from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, out to Los Angeles, California. Dave clearly taken aback, clearly nervous at this. Like, I think part of him was happy that that she is going home and he's going to have this space, especially since he wants to hang out with Rachel McAdams. And he is so scared to commit with somebody because he's constantly looking for perfection. And he looks for all of the flaws in the people around him constantly. Um so he's, you know, not he's not very uh, excited about this news. Um, and she says she notices and says that he looks terrified. And he tells her that, it, you know, it takes some time to process the news. This is big news for him. And, you know, it's going to take like he has excuses for why he, he looks the way he does. Cut to this ominous music. That's playing. And Dave's real doll sitting naked in the dining room at the table facing the camera very ominous music uh as you see she looks looking like a naked scorn woman uh, this real doll just just lifeless sitting at this table uh dave goes to his recliner matrixy uh recliner desk where the the tv reclines with the chair um and he reclines all the way back and starts googling so not googling whatever they the show's version of Google is starts looking up uh, what when you know a relationship becomes real. How do you know if she's the one? All of these things, which should have been AI. I think like the proliferation of AI and being able to ask AI questions, I think, would be a much more uh, accurate search area to to ask these questions uh, versus just looking up in a search engine like it's amazing how fast that can become out of date with how the how much ai is used anyway right that was how i would change that one little scene either way dave doesn't know he doesn't know if she's the one obviously he's hesitant about any of that because he's always striving for perfection he doesn't know if she's the one and he's always being distracted by the potential in somebody else being the one cut to dave at lunch with rachel mcadams very awkward neither of them are saying anything dave kind of just chomping on a, a breadstick very awkward then you realize that they're not saying anything because she was actually listening to his song 
as she takes out the earbuds that you couldn't see, the AirPods. She says that she loves the song. And then he asks her to be in the video. And she asks if there should be, if she thinks, if he's thinking there should be a sex scene, right? And she's, and Dave's like, I don't know, I guess like maybe I, uh, we could. And then she asks if he knows Drake or if he likes Drake. Dave's like, I love Drake. I've been crafting a DM for the last six months to, to see, to try and connect with him. And then she suggests just calling him because of course she has his number. But then she realizes that he's in Ghana, that, you know, he's not going to be answering his phone. But then she says that she'll get him on a text thread with Drake uh, if Dave can beat her at arm wrestling. And this whole time, I'm kind of expecting this to be a dream. And, of course, right when they start arm wrestling, you realize that it is clearly a dream that he's having. Because when they clasp hands about to arm wrestle, she says that his heart is racing like a bird. And and Dave's last name is literally bird. And he says he is a bird. And then she says, I'm a bird, too, which is like, what do you mean by that? And then the score, as... So often in this season, the score of this show really being used very effectively, and it's very noticeable to to imply tone, but the score changed to this like very intense score as they start to arm wrestle. And that's when you realize it's a dream, because the waiter comes over and he fills her glass up with these eggs. And then you see her turn into Robin, then turn into the real doll. Just cuts of him having arm wrestling with these. It's a crazy dream. Dreams of of Robin holding two eggs, but one's like dilapidated in one hand. It's like a very weird dream. And he's bashing breadsticks on his head, telling himself to wake up. Finally, he does wake up. And he looks over to the dining room table and realizes the real doll is no longer there. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor show, show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. Then he goes into his bathroom where the countertop in the bathroom is an absolute mess with robin's accoutrement all of her grooming stuff as can be with what happens in bathrooms uh for women because they've been sold so many billions of products that they are supposedly need to put on themselves to look and feel a certain way but it's just a, a, a just a, a terror zone on this countertop and in the mirror he sees the real doll in the bathtub behind him and he freaks out right she's got real dolls got clothes on got lipstick on he runs over and starts taking the lipstick lipstick off and he's like he's freaking out robin comes in right to surprise him she like she like i decided to get we're the same size so i put clothes on her and i put makeup on her and dave is very offended by all of this like says like you're not the same size what do you mean are you this many centimeters and she's like i don't know how many centimeters i am he's like why would you put lipstick on her she looks like a whore he's like what didn't you buy this thing to have she is a whore literally you spent money to have sex with this thing and he's like worried that as he's rubbing the lipstick off it's like i think the actual color of her lips is coming off with this thing i hope she's not damaged because you put lipstick on it and she's like, she was just trying to help. She apologizes. And Dave is about to say, do you know how long I've been waiting for to get one of these things? But it cuts to him saying, do you know how long I've been waiting for this? In the context of him talking to Robin 
when they first got together after he ended the tour right and it's an interesting cut because it's first of him saying do you know how long i've been waiting for this about the real doll which i'm sure is very true he's probably been waiting a long time to have the money to buy a real doll but also when he said those exact same words to robin when they finally got together after he was on the tour right and it's back to the doc footage right it's the it's when he got the when he got emma's camera in the previous episode and it's just him them together and he's filming them in bed and he's like you know how long i've been waiting for this and waiting for her after going to city after city on this tour right and then showing different cuts of dave on tour at these different places and then dave saying he can't wait to meet her the woman that he loves right because talking to the camera because he's on this finding love tour gata mentioning how he isn't looking for love dave asking gata what he wants out of life and gata saying that he's just you know he wants to go to the top with you you know and fucking them hoes right that's all gata wants he wants to go to the top with little dicky and he wants to hook up with a bunch of women and Dave tells him there's a lot more to life than that. Dave talking about what he's looking for in a woman while Gata is going to go out smashing women, right? Going to wrangle these women for Dave. Dave talking about what he wants. Elle's talking about how annoying it is to listen to Gata have sex every night. Mike saying that at least he's happy for Gata, right? Then Elle's saying Dave has the most unused rapper dick ever while they're on tour then dave making sure gata knows what type of woman he's looking for right when he's going out to wrangle him like he did in the at the end of the wisconsin episode he wanted to go double check to make sure gata knows his type and dave's type is the girl next door cut to robin the sweet girl cut to robin being sweet and then, you know, all this footage of Robin being that person that Dave was looking for. Then Gata saying that every woman I don't got is the woman I need. And Gata calls that his ghetto poetry, you know. Cut to Dave hovering over Emma's shoulder, critiquing her edit of the footage that we were just seeing. And they're trying to finish the edit because they have the friends and family screening coming up. Dave has macro ideas for the overarching story, which, of course, Emma's not happy with. They should be finalizing this edit, not trying to rework the entire story. And it's so painful because every step of the way, Emma helping Dave out from his logo design, the background design for that memorial concert that Mac uh, that Macklemore showed up at to, I'm sure, the bus to the wreck like all these things that she's helped dave with the music video in this season dave has been the the micromanager from hell and it's like not allowing her to be creative right because it's constantly have everything has to be perfect for dave and I thought after the music video the end of that episode I loved because dave finally gave trusted her to do the music video right trusted that she would want to make a good product too that she that you know he can let go i thought it was finally dave learning that he can let go and trust emma but clearly not dave wants the story to be more about him finding love and less about him and gata talking about who gets more action on the road ally right who's now his kind of image consultant making sure that his brand is good she agrees with dave as far as helping to protect his image emma not happy with that either she doesn't need ally to be on the the side of dave then dave also recommends cutting out all the footage with robin at the end dave feels it's too personal and emma's like you wanted this to be personal you told me to film yourself while you're on taking a shit he's like i don't care anybody could watch me take a shit that's something i don't mind 
but stuff with Robin he doesn't want in there. And Emma's like, it's cute, and it works for the end of the story. It's a story about you looking for love, and the end of the story is you finding love with this person that is the things that you described. Sweet, girl next door, yada yada. She's aware that she's a bad dancer. She doesn't think she's a good dancer. And then he asks... Well, then she shows him the, the previous. He wants to know if there's other endings that she had. So she shows him one of the endings where it's basically just him talking to camera about he was willing to turn over every stone on earth to find the woman of his dreams, right? And then after seeing that clip, Dave asks if there's any other options. And that whole scene stresses me out. Like, as somebody who's has just a little bit of experience in doing those kinds of jobs mixing creativity in that kind of way i've done it with graphic design i've done it with photography i've done it with tattoo design it is so painful to work with cl some clients and clients like dave at least dave is a creative person but so many people don't know what they're talking about and when they want to dictate how, uh, like, the work I do, it's just painful because they don't know what they're talking about. But it's just so stressful to see. I sympathize so much with Emma in this episode. And uh, so anyway, cut to more of the doc footage of some random drunk dude on tour. And they're worried about if he's going to sign the release form for them to use the footage. So instead, it's I think more of this scene of this drunk dude is to show that as a workaround for getting somebody to sign a waiver is to get them on camera. You know, it shows Dave holding up the waiver form and asking the guy if everything he said he's okay with being out there so kind of getting a verbal agreement on camera is their loophole instead of signing a waiver for them to use the footage which comes back later at the end of the episode but that character i don't know maybe the character's a person like it's another cameo that i just don't recognize but it feels very out of touch but it, it makes sense for it's setting up that kind of that tactic of allowing them to use footage as long as they're aware of that waiver, it being like a, a verbal agreement or whatever. Then it's also footage of Dave talking about being ashamed of how much weed he smokes. Dave talking about how weed has kind of helped him escape and how it, it's helped him kind of create this rapper persona that is so not him. That little Dicky is, is something that he's was able to create because he's able to kind of pull himself out of reality smoking weed. Then you see the camera get turned around on Emma. You see her frustration with it, especially when Elle says that she's working for Dave and not with Dave. She's like, I'm not working for him. Right. And I think that's another important scene that shows up later as well when it comes to Emma and Dave cut to the screening they're actually at the screening now people are laughing dave nervously laughing because he's like trying to understand what about they're seeing like are they laughing with me or laughing at me i think is his biggest concern right especially because he sees that emma changed some stuff everyone on the in the dock talking about how difficult it is to work with dave then even his parents talking about uh, him leaving no stone, stone unturned, trying to decide which toy to choose, cut to her revealing that uh, to truly show how he is searching for the love to show what he's like to work with, to show like what it's like for Dave to choose anything, for him to go through the process of choice. Right. To choose the woman that he's going to love to choose anything. So she's going to show what it's like to work with him. And shows that she recorded their editing session without him knowing. So the scene where he's like, do we have other 
options or no he's like we need to cut out all of this stuff not necessarily he didn't say it wasn't the the moment where he's talking about cutting robin out but he's like i needed to cut all this stuff about me and gata doing whatever right which is so good it's so good how she was able to use that as part of the documentary and show how difficult it is for dave to make choices and Dave kind of in the audience looks back at Emma like you recorded this I didn't know you recorded this and she like confidently like gives him a look then cut to Dave critiquing everything in this documentary critiquing the bread critiquing the couch then critiquing the edit Emma looks back at Mike in the audience who gives her a look of approval like you did a good job and she's like yeah I did thank you Mike right then it shows Mike saying how Dave will give him this little sweet moment and that it makes all of the struggle kind of melt away. How he's like the most everybody's talking about in this documentary, how difficult it is to work with Dave, how he's a perfectionist, how it's like impossible for anybody to ever get it right. And he's so like meticulous about everything. And Mike mentions that he just needs to say this one sweet thing and everything just melts away and you love him and you want to do good work for Dave because they do love him. Then it shows Gata talking about Dave and how he pushes him, how he's like this genius, how he's such a hard worker and how that's motivated Gata to, you know, push him to be the better version of himself. Right. Very kind of gets into this like very emotional type of a lane in this documentary. Then Dave starts to fall in love with the doc, right? When he's seeing it start to get inspirational. You see Dave kind of just mouth open, just just taking it all in and loving it, right? Once it starts being, you know, inspirational about people believing in themselves and his belief in himself as Emma in the documentary. He's like, it's crazy. Like this guy that said he's going to be the best ever. And to see him kind of brute force his way into making that dream a reality. Then you see Robin's look start to change. She has looks of concern. Dave starts in the, in the doc explaining how when he meets the person of his dreams, his mind will be blown, right? When he finds the right one, he will know immediately. Then him saying how he'll turn over every stone in the world to find her, right? That same ending, that alternate ending that Emma showed him. But then it also cuts to that moment when she showed him, and he's like, are there any other options? And then that being the actual end of the doc. Beautiful end to the doc, and great way to kind of show it uh, within the show. It's great. And they get a standing ovation. Everybody loves it except for Robin. Robin not looking too good, not looking too happy. After the show, at, at back at Dave's place, or no, after the show, they're in like the, the hallway uh, at the theater. And Robin goes outside to get some fresh air. Dave talks to Emma about the reality of those editing sessions. Like, was that all made up? She's like, no, but, you know, I knew this. I knew what they were going to be. So, you know, she's like, I knew this would work. And Dave says he's kind of blown away but has a few notes. And this is where we see an amazing moment. I love this moment so much. We see Emma stand up for herself and stand up for her work. And she tells him that it's not their thing. They aren't working together on this thing. It is her work, right? And she's not going to compromise her vision. And while I'm watching that, I'm like, fuck yes. Emma, you tell you stand up for your shit. Like I love Dave, don't get me wrong, but when it comes to like it's something that Dave should have respect for as well being an artist. The, the working with people means that you're going to have to compromise your vision. But if you are doing the project on your own and it's your project, the that's ultimate freedom. And you can have people, I've had people, I've done a lot of Photoshop work for stand-up comedian Ari Shafir, who by far the best person to work with because he knew the work I did and he allowed, never got notes ever at all. Every wild idea I had for a design, he loved. And that's what you want. And Ari understands 
artist. He understands creative people. He understands and is open to that sort of thing. So on some level, I know Dave respects her move. But in the moment, he tries to say that she can't use any of that secret footage because he never signed a waiver. He never consented to it. And then she fires back. Well, we had those flyers. Remember those flyers of that drunk guy you used? We had those flyers all over the place. So good luck. Good luck. And he's like, I hired you. She's like, you never paid me. You never hired me, right? So there will be no more notes. I'm like, yes, Emma, tell him. I love that she stand up for himself. And just then a guy from A24 showed up. And he's like, ah, oh, introduces himself to Emma, and they, they go away and talk. And Dave is kind of taken back by the fact that he doesn't have any control over this thing. It's, it's, it's too late for him. He had his opportunity when she was open to listen to him, and he went too far. He went too far, and she cut him loose. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote Are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of The Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com slash plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. Cut to back at Dave's place, Dave and Robin. Dave kind of giving Emma some respect as Robin is clearly upset. Dave notices that she's upset, asks if she's okay. And she says she just watched a 90-minute movie about him looking for love. And she was nowhere in sight. So she noticed that she was cut out. Obviously, they, she knew there were moments of them, him recording them together. All of the footage from the tour, things like that. I'm sure she know that there was a cut with her in it. And it's not not even seen. And Dave in this moment tries to blame Emma. Right? So this is an argument where it's like, I relate to Dave. But I agree with Robin. And it's so similar in so many ways. So similar to the argument from season one that Dave and Allie have where I understand Dave's point of view because I am the same and the same way with this I am the same as Dave but I understand and have had these exact same types of issues in past relationships so similarly to Dave's argument or fight with Allie in season one is this argument with Robin in season one. Completely different reasoning for the argument. The one with Allie was about him being singularly focused on being this thing and she's like on the back burner and that's not what she wants to be more a part of his thing and he's not willing. This one is about Dave having this romantic fantasy idea of the perfect woman that he wants. And even Allie called this out in the Wisconsin episode that like he has to forgive people for not being perfect because nobody's going to be that perfect person. Everybody's going to be have faults. And Dave is so obsessed with finding faults in everything, as we saw in the doc, him critiquing every little thing. And as we heard in the earlier episode, I compared it to... Seinfeld, Seinfeld and George Costanza, how they find these minute flaws that people have and blow them up into big issues why they can't be with somebody. So she asks if Dave is still looking. Right, so are you still looking for love? And Dave tries to blame Emma, which it's not her fault. 
Dave told Emma to take her out. Robin mentions all the stuff he said on the camera about how he would know when he met her. And she doesn't want to be the sad reality that he kind of just settles for. She wants him to be right. She wants him to have that romantic fairy tale that he thinks he needs. And he tries to say the doc is just like this image thing. And it's like this thing. He's trying to blame the doc again. But Robin is on her. Sh like she knows she knows the real reality of the situation. And she says that it's not actually it's not actually looking for love. He thinks he's looking. He's not looking for love. Right. Then she brings up the Rachel McAdams love song that he was doing. And he says that that doesn't mean anything. Right. He's, she's like, well, like, you mean the song that you made for me doesn't mean anything either. Right. She's really throwing it at him, throwing it at him. And she feels like an idiot for being there and changing her life. Deciding to move to L.A., even being there in the first place, thinking that he w wanted to actually be with her. When it's clear that he is still in his she's not that perfect person that he's looking for and he's still looking. She, he hasn't finished looking even though they're together. She realizes this now. And he replies with like, things are trending well between us. And she asks like how much data he needs to decide. Like he's using terminology that's not very emotional. Oh, we're trending in the right direction, right? Using like this business lingo in order to describe their relationship. And she points out all the real, like the real things as Dave is doing his best to kind of ignore that she's right. She's pointing out everything, which is so, she's putting the mirror up to Dave and he's unwilling to recognize it, trying to make excuses for it. And she says for a guy who built a career on his flaws, you expect everybody else to be perfect which is the same thing that Allie's told him back at the pool. He needs to forgive people for not being perfect. And Dave is kind of speechless when she says that. Clearly, it's not the first time he's, he's heard that. And she says that he talks shit about Gaeta being this misogynistic fuck, but he's just as bad. She's not upset that he doesn't love her. She's sad that he probably does, but won't commit unless he's 100% sure. That she's the absolute best he can do. Which is like, man. Uh, yeah, sadly, sadly, I know what that's. I know that feeling. Maybe not to the extent of Dave. Like Dave is a little bit more obsessive with that. But I know what's the, I've been in relationships where it's like I've had that feeling. And it's, you know. It's just another one of those things that, like, I see so much of myself in Dave. And he tries again to blame the doc. But she's, she's like, she knows she's, he's not, she's not his vision either. Right? She's not what he's been looking for. Right? The doc isn't his vision. And she's like, neither am I. I'm not this vision. And it's everything is about Dave unwilling to let go of control, thinking that he can find the perfect person, the perfect partner. He's going to be able to make the perfect documentary. He's going to make the perfect music video. He's going to make the perfect song instead of just kind of letting go. Especially when it comes to the other people who are doing the other things. He's unable to trust people and what they can do and who they are. And trying to change the expectations, trying to like expect perfection. And of course, there's the naked real doll in the background. The one thing, it's another fantasy that he has. This real doll that he's told Robin that he's waited so long for but it's not the reality that he's waited so long for it's this fantasy of what it's like 
the fantasy of what being with Robin is going to be like is what he's been waiting for. And when that fantasy doesn't isn't the reality, then he goes looking for something else. And it's this then there's this real doll in the background, which is this the fantasy of the perfect masturbatory tool. Right. And as Robin leaves, she's like, I'm done. I'm leaving. Right. She doesn't want to. She's like she realizes her place. And Dave not doing anything to realize or change, making excuses, blaming the doc, blaming Emma when it's he should realize that it's him. In very similar ways. With his in the last season with Gata. So the last episodes, maybe there's going to be some climactic kind of understanding. Who knows? So she leaves, but the first thing he does when when Robin leaves is he picks up that heavy-ass real doll and takes it to the bedroom. And it's just so cumbersome and clunky. And it's, And then we see, like, the most pathetic sex scene with Dave trying to maneuver this, like, awkward, clumsy, bulky thing. And again, it's the reality of using this thing is just ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. And it's like the least, it's like, versus what his fantasy would, I'm sure, was with what he thought it was going to be using this thing. And it's, again, Dave realizing the reality of things is never going to be the fan your fantasy of an of the thing the ideal fantasy is never going to be the reality you're never going to see the fantasy expressed exactly how you want in reality and you're seeing that manifest in this just ridiculous sex scene with this doll and while he's having sex with these things he's starting to have visions of robin as he's trying to fuck this real doll, the wig kind of just slowly coming off, having more visions of Robin, seeing the weird fucked up hand of the real doll and how it reminded him of her weird feet that they can like clasp, <laughs> like hold hands with her feet. And eventually he stops because it's just so sad. It's so sad. And as he's like rolling over, contemplating the the fact that he has just witnessed the fantasy once again versus the reality, and kind of contemplating the truth of this whole situation, he gets a text from Rachel McAdams saying that she's available next week. So it's like right when there's the opportunity for Dave to realize that the reality of life is never going to be the fantasy. He gets a glimmer of hope that maybe this fantasy he has about Rachel McAdams will be the reality. Will This fantasy will actually come true. This will be the thing that will come true. So it's kind of sad. Again, Dave being his own worst enemy when it comes to love. Or just anything, really. But... Also, with the people that he works with, Emma finally standing up, standing her ground creatively, right? She had enough of Dave trying to micromanage and control her work. She wanted to take control of her work. But also Robin realizing Dave isn't in love with her or at least not willing to admit to himself that he's in love with her unless he's 100% sure that he can't do better. Because he expects perfection, his fantasy of the real doll versus the reality of it, right? But ends with the fantasy of Rachel McAdams still being a possibility. And I'm glad we got to see part of the doc. I, you know, I really kind of enjoyed that. I hate how much of myself I see in Dave, but every time the people in his life call him out, I agree with them, right? I see his faults in myself, so I know how difficult it is. For him to accept those aspects of yourself unless someone highlights them for you. Like it's so easy to just justify and ignore your faults. It's so easy because you've, you've done it your whole life. And it's not until somebody kind of, especially somebody that you care about telling you. And even then it's hard. 
Because you you're in denial. So, you know, either seeing somebody sh telling you in real life your faults or seeing it in some TV character. Watching a show like Dave and seeing, oh, that's me. That's why. That's why I'm single. That's why I have a problem uh, with relationships. That's, that's why I'm probably going to be alone for a while, I guess, uh, until I change. So, but it's the reason I love this show. You know, I see a version of me, a version of how my flaws exist. You know, I root for Dave. Despite agreeing with everybody that calls him out on his shit, like Gata did at the end of the last season, or Ali in the first season, so sad to see Robin have to do so as well. But happy to hear for her. I'm happy for Robin. I'm also happy for Emma in this episode, despite it being sad. And Emma has had to deal with Dave's constant pressure ever since they worked together at the marketing place. Every project that she's had to do with him. From the logo to the music video, now this doc. And seeing the inevitable happen with Rachel McAdams, which is probably not going to, you know, it's just going to be more of the same. Something, he will find something to turn him off, or she just won't be into him in the way that he thinks that she is. Right? Or he will just find a flaw. Either way, only one more episode left in this season. I hope he gets back with Robin, but I don't know. I don't know if she would even want him back. But, like, just as much as I loved him and Allie together, I loved him and Robin even more. And it's sad. But the last episode, the next episode, season three, episode 10, Looking for Love, Dave's Quest for Love reaches, it reaches its epic conclusion. So we will see how that turns out in the next episode. And that's a wrap for our episode the Dave recap for today. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you come back next Tuesday one last time for more laughs, insights, and opinions on this awesome show. Join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Until then, I am still Ray Taylor reminding you to keep it real, keep it funny, keep watching Dave. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.